This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in Utopia Podcast, Utopia Football, and it remains Utopia Football and Baseball Podcast because the Astros are world champions, John. The last time you and I talked was late last week. It was on Friday morning after the Texans lost to the Eagles, and since that time, the Astros have done gone and won another World Series on Saturday. What a weekend that was. What a what a great run by a great football, uh, I'm sorry, a great baseball team um, in, in these Houston Astros. It was incredible. I've been following this team for a long time. And, you know, you'd think in 2017, we didn't know anything about a scandal and it was big. But there was just something different about this one, Sean. And I think it had a lot to do, everybody, not just the players and Crane and the Astros and everything, but fans, everybody. It's like the weight of the world uh, had been lifted. And because of the scandal, everybody wanted an untainted World Series championship, and they got it. And it's like a big dark cloud's been lifted from our city. And uh, and I I think it's it's wonderful as somebody who's been an Astros fan since the beginning when they were the Colt Forty Fives. I've experienced mostly frustration, not exhilaration, but man, oh man, winning this series in six games. Jeremy Pena being the MVP, uh, knowing Dusty Baker's coming back next season. That should just make them the favorite to win a third World Series. Yeah, did you know, John, I, I think what I like best about this about this title run is given the backdrop of the sign-stealing scandal, that's been what's hovered over this team for the last two years. And in the eyes of some fans in other cities, it'll never stop hovering over this team. But I think the, the sign-stealing is just one wart on what is a franchise that is on the cutting edge of a lot of things, makes a lot of great decisions, has developed a really good farm system, and they've just got a way of bringing players in, both 
developmentally and culturally and getting them to fit in and become key parts of this team. And I think that's what I like most about this championship is it, yes, it was some vindication for some of the guys who are still left over from that 2017 team. You know, Yuli, Bregman, Altuve mostly, ironically, obviously, because he's the one guy that didn't really use the trash can scheme reportedly. And then I'll throw Verlander and McCullers in there because they were on that team in 2017. So they, they'll always be part of a title that was tainted, even though they didn't necessarily do anything. I love that those guys were at the center of all this, but I love that all those other things were on display. You know, the, the, the most important players in this World Series for the Astros were Jeremy Pena, who they made the great decision to let Carlos walk and keep Pena. Framber Valdez, who is a developmental prospect that they got with that wave of Latino prospects that they spent almost nothing on. Christian Javier, same thing. Maybe the most important performance in that series. And then just some of the other decisions, the shrewd trades that they've made. Jordan Alvarez, obviously, with the key home run in the in the World Series to, to win the game in Game 6. That's what I like, is that people can talk about the sign stealing all they want. On the list of reasons why this franchise has been great and has won now two championships, banging on a trash can is so far down the list of reasons. And I love that the main reasons were all on display in this World Series across the board. They're the envy of other general managers because they've got even Verlander walks. They've got six starting pitchers and all are homegrown. Yep. And you mentioned Pena, homegrown, Bragman, Altuve. It's it's amazing. Tucker. And I can't wait to see what they do in the season. I was really happy to know. Uh, Bob Nightingale from USA Today, covered baseball a long time. He reported on Tuesday morning that uh, Crane plans to offer Baker and uh, Cook extensions. Cook is at the uh, Click, you mean? Yeah, Click, yes. Click is at the baseball meetings in Las Vegas for general managers. Winter meetings are in December. And there's been no response from him. But Dusty Baker told Mark Berman of KRIV and Brian McTaggart of MLB.com that he's accepted. The deal's not done. That'll be done at some point. But he said he will be back in 2023. That'll make a lot of Astros fans happy, even though I think we all knew he was going to come back. He said, you win one title, he wants to win another one. He has no interest in going out and playing golf and working at his winery and signing at his property in Kauai. He's a baseball lifer and everybody's happy he will return. Yep, absolutely. I know I, I've grown to be really fond of Dusty over the last, uh, really the last two years, three years, three seasons that he's been here but particularly through this playoff run. Yeah, it's amazing. When you go 11-2 and two in the playoffs, I become very fond of you. But uh, Dusty is universally popular across the across the sport, and his winning his first title is, to me, it's by far the number one story surrounding this thing. You know, locally, it's probably vindication for 2017. But I think nationally, the, the one thing baseball fans can agree on with the Astros, we like Dusty Baker, you know, here in Houston and around baseball. So it was great. He had, he admitted after the sixth game that that was motivation. The scandal was motivation for everybody. And even though those that weren't part of it, they had to feel for the guys who were and everything they got on the road, the abuse on the road. One of the things I thought was the coolest of the World Series was the, the, uh, the bank, Citizens Bank Park mm -hmm. was supposed to be invincible. Phillies were unbeaten in the playoffs, and Astros went up there and won two or three, including a no-hitter. And based on everything they've experienced the last two years, 
uh, on the road has just been unbelievable. I don't think there's anything they could experience anywhere that when it would be any different. The hate uh, that they experience, you wonder if someday it'll ever die down. I, I don't know. And I feel, as you mentioned earlier, I feel the worst about Altuve because it was documented. He didn't do it, didn't yep. want to do it. And uh, But it's fine because of that deep pitching staff. Uh, Mon- Montero is going to be a free agent. Verlander, of course, everybody else on their staff will be back. Maybe they'll re-sign Montero coming off the best season of his career. And of the position players, you know, Yuli Gurriel will be 39 next year. He was terrible during the season at the plate. He led them in hitting in the playoffs. And do they bring Yuli back? He has said he wants to be back. You know, Trey Mancini's not coming back. I would imagine. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Christian Vasquez wants to go somewhere where he can play all the time. Yeah. Like he well, did John, John, hang on, because you're, 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 you're thieving from the mailbag right now. I've got mailbag oh, sorry. or about the ass. That's okay. That's okay. Sorry. You didn't know. Um, because we we actually have a question about um about that exact thing, Joey and Katie. Let's so let's start in on the mailbag. We'll hit the let's hit the Astro questions first, since we it's a logical segue, and then we can hit the football questions after that, and then we can get out of here. Um, so um, Joey and Katie says, can you guys go through the list of Astro free agents and handicap whether they will be back or not? You just mentioned a few of them, but I've got the list in front of me, John. Let's start at the very, very top, the most important one, more important than probably the rest of them combined, Justin Verlander. What do you think the chances are that Justin Verlander is a Houston Astro next year? Well, I think they've got a chance, but if you know, if he wanted like a one-year, maybe a two-year deal, Crane would give it to him, but I don't see Jim Crane giving a – 40-year-old pitcher, a three-year contract, no matter how much he – how well he did, even if he wins Cy Young Award and comeback player of the year as he's supposed to. But that's just not the way Crane has operated. What would be great is if Verlander said, you know, I'm not going for $40 million a year. I'm happy with 35. Kate and I love it here. We want to be back. We think it's the best way to get another championship. And we love the fans. Think about – how popular he'd be, but I think he's gone. Two years, seventy million. Who says no? I think two years, seventy million. Does I think Verlander say no, or do the Astros say no, or is that a uh, perfect number? He's already paid him thirty-five million a year, so I don't think he would not pay thirty-five million a year as long as he didn't want more than two years. So I would say. Yeah. If it's the numbers you say, I don't think either one says no. I think he'd be back. Yeah, I, I think, and I think that's a reasonable deal. I do for Verlander if he's gonna. If this is who he is, um, you know, and he kind of, I, I, I think, I think John probably got rid of some of the monkey off his back from the World Series. I mean, he finally won a World Series game. You know, it, he he was kind of leaking oil when he came out of the game in the fifth inning. You know, it wasn't. It probably isn't a a, a performance he's going to send to Cooperstown or anything. Um, but I was glad that he finally got that monkey off his back. Um, if you're as, a, hang on a minute. If you yeah. are an Astros fan, you got to worry about Steve Cohen 
the owner of the Mets. If he loses Jacob DeGrom, who's going to opt out, then maybe he'll want to replace one great pitcher for another, and only one of them was healthy this season, and that's Verlander. And because DeGrom's been hurt for most of the last two seasons, and I don't know if I'd give him $40 million a year. And they think somebody will, and they're talking about the Rangers, if not the Mets. But if Cohen loses him, he's going to look around to hit a grand slam. One of the greatest pitchers in history coming off the Cy Young Award just might do it. So that's who I'm worried about, the Mets. That's interesting. Yeah, that's uh, he, this we know. Verlander's going to want to go somewhere where they're going to win a bunch of games because he wants to get to 300 wins. So I, I think Houston gives him his best chance to do that just functionally. You know, financially, though, there is going to be, you know, that, that, that's got to get factored in. All right, so, John, let's just do rapid fire on these other ones because these are all lower-level guys besides Verlander. But just, you know, 15, 20 seconds on each of these, the chances of them coming back. Yuli Gurriel on maybe a reasonable one-year team deal. What do you think? They need a first baseman. They need a first baseman who can hit, who's not just a good glove like Yuli is. So I'm going to say no. He's going to be 39 years old. If they bring him back and he hits the way he did this season, uh, I think it was nine homers, 243 average, 53 RBIs. He's going to be a detriment for a first baseman. Michael Brantley, John. No, he makes $16 million unless he took a big pay cut. I don't right. see it. Yeah, no, I, I that's I, I, obviously Brantley would be on a pay cut. I wouldn't pay him sixteen million either. Uh, Martin Maldonado is a free agent. I think it's a ninety percent chance he's back. I agree. Yeah, one year, five million. That was his contract last year. It's an interesting one. Rafael Montero. What do you think of Montero? Uh, they didn't bring Kendall Graveman back last year. Montero mm-hmm. had come from Seattle for him. I think he signed with the White Sox. Montero's coming off his best season with that kind of depth in the bullpen and only parodies. Per- per- Pitched really well out of the pen in Sugarland. I think Montero's gone. I do too. I think someone's going to pay Montero like a closer. And I know the Astros will not be that team because they were already paying Ryan Presley like a closer. Um, Aledmus Diaz. Uh, he's got to be gone. I mean, he was awful in the playoffs, yeah. awful in the World Series. He fills a role. Maybe he comes back with a one-year deal that just says regular season on it. Yeah, that's the thing. He he is the type of player that's super valuable in the regular season when you're trying to get through 162 games and you need to give guys a day off here and there because he can play so many positions. He's useless in the World Series where you're just rolling with your guys. You know, you're just roll. You get your eight guys and you, you roll with it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, You mentioned Mancini and Vasquez. Do you think either of them are back next year? No, I think Mancini's gone for sure. Vasquez got to want to go somewhere where he can go back to being a regular catcher like he was in Boston. All right. So, um, so we got that in John, uh, that's from uh, Joey and Katie Um, Grady in downtown says other than Dusty Baker, who are you most happy for that? The Astros finally won the world series. Um, And other than the fans, I would say the two pitching coaches, Josh Miller and Bill Murphy took over for some huge shoes to fill. Mm, That's a good one. Not only did they fill Brent Strom's shoes comfortably, 
they had top to bottom the best staff in franchise history. I did a column on it. I looked up all the best ones. And when you talk about depth at starting, and then you talk about depth and results in the pen, they don't have a staff that was as good. Now, they had one with like three starters who were real good, one reliever, but nothing like this one. Those guys did a fantastic job. I don't know what Crane pays them, but they deserve a raise. Yeah, oh, that's interesting, John. So you're most happy for them. Me, I, I think my list would be my list would go um, Jose Altuve because he, you know the 2017 thing seems to have hovered him wrongly, but hovered him over more than anybody. That's number one. Number two, actually Trey Mancini because I think he's a great story. He was horrible in the playoffs, but he's hard not to like. Uh, he um, he was he's a cancer survivor. He spent his entire career in Baltimore which is the equivalent of being a cancer survivor baseball. <laughs> um, and I, I was just really happy for him. If you went to Trey Mancini in the middle of July and someone said, you're going to be riding in a world series parade in three months, he would have said, you're probably, you're, you're nuts. You're crazy. Um, so I was really, I was really happy for him. And John, we would be remiss not to mention mattress Mac. Very happy for Mac. 75 million reasons to be happy. And since, That's right. since you did three, I did one. I got another one. Lance McCullers, because he didn't have to pitch in the seventh game and perhaps get racked like he did in Philadelphia. And so people don't think much about that five-homer performance, which is one of the worst in franchise history. And he's been here a long time, too. Resigned here, bury him in the eight. So I was happy for McCullers as well. Yeah, Dusty said – did you see the quote from Dusty, John, um, after the – after after well after game six after the winning after they won the world series i think it was harold reynolds on the mlb tv set asked him what was the hardest decision you had to make in the in the world series and he said leaving mccullers in in game three to help save my bullpen um he knew lance didn't have it lance knew he didn't have it but and he knew and dusty said i know i knew i was going to get destroyed for leaving him in there but i had to do something for the greater good of the team and he also said he knew that Lance would wear it, you know, like Lance would, you know, Lance was not going to, Lance was not going to get upset with Dusty over leaving him in. Like Lance is a smart dude, a smart, smart baseball guy. So he knew why he was left in the game at that point. It was up to him to get guys out and eat up some innings. And he's a team guy who's not selfish at all. I'll tell you something else I heard Harold Reynolds say Monday. I didn't know. He was at the game and he said, as soon as it was over, the Phillies went up to their top step and looked at the dugout and clapped for Dusty Baker. I did mm. not see that anywhere on TV, and I watched every second. Yeah, that's too bad. I would have liked to have seen that on TV. Um, that's that's really, really cool. All right, let's get a few football questions in, John. The Texans, of course, sitting at 1-6-1 and one right now. If the season ended today, John, the Texans are on the clock for the first pick in the draft. And this is not a mailbag question, John, but if you had to mock draft it right now, first pick in the draft, the draft is tomorrow. Who do the Texans take? Alabama quarterback Bryce Young over Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, although now I think the Colts are going to get the first pick and the Texans will get the second pick, and I'm guessing the Colts would go for Stroud. That would leave Bryce Young for the Texans. So you think the Colts are 3-5-1 and one right now. It's not like they're 1-8. and eight. So you think they're going oh, – they're going to have to go over the rest of the way. You don't think they win a game the rest of the year? 
And I think the Texans are going to beat them up there. I'd be shocked if they keep playing Sam Ellinger at quarterback. He has been awful. They'd have to turn to Nick Foles. They don't have anybody on the staff who's called plays in the NFL. I think Jim Mercer did this because he wants to get the top pick so he can finally get another franchise quarterback to follow in the steps of Andrew Luck for the last time they had the first pick in the draft. That's fascinating. So you think Ursay's main motivation in hiring Jeff Saturday is to tank the season? <laughs> He'll never say that, but why else would he do it? Maybe he likes Jeff Saturday, John. You know, the Texans I'm were ready sure to hire Josh like McCown. Next is what do y'all do? Hire McCown to be his coordinator. Okay, well, that we actually have a um, we actually have a mailbag question to that. Laura in West U asks, how crazy, he said, or she, says, uh, guys, how crazy is the Jeff Saturday hire? Does this make it any more or less likely that the Texans would look at Josh McCown again? John, does this Jeff Saturday thing have any sort of implication on the Texans' thought process down the road when someday Lovey Smith is no longer the head coach? None whatsoever. By the time that happens, I think McCown will be an assistant coach somewhere in the NFL on his way to being a head coach. Okay, so you think Josh McCown's path back to the NFL, He's that, that somehow he's going to wake up from this dream that he almost became a head coach of the Houston Texans, and he's going to wake up and go, all right, I guess time to go to work and go be a quarterback's coach somewhere. Well, he's coaching his son. It's the second son. It's his last year at Rusk High School. The one he coached last year went to Colorado. This one will go somewhere, so then he'll be ready to come to the NFL and work his way up to be an head coach. But now say Jeff Saturday does real well. Mm -hmm. They do real well under him, which isn't going to happen because they don't have a quarterback. But if they did, I still don't think Josh McCown is going to be named a head coach without being an assistant coach. How can a franchise be that stupid to do something like that? Yeah. Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oops. Um, (laughs) uh, Before we get to the next question, I just want to stick with this Jeff Saturday, Frank Reich, that whole storyline with you. Did you happen to watch any of Ursay's press conference last night? No, I was at a gallery sports celebrity oh, dinner at State right. 48. That's right. Okay. And th- that's right. You were hanging out with celebs. Uh, the paparazzi were following you around town. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, so um, Chris Ballard, John, at one point along the way, Jim Irsay was asked, is Chris Ballard safe for 2023? You know, is Chris coming back? And Chris Ballard's sitting to Irsay's right. Chris is sitting to his right, Saturday sitting to his left. Irsay gave, literally, I timed it, like a four-minute answer about this. I mean, the overall upshot of it was, yes, he's coming back. But Chris Ballard, John, looked like he wanted to crawl into a hole, pretty much the whole press conference, but especially when Irsay was talking about him. Um, Do you... What do you think, Ballard? Like, like heart of hearts, if you gave him truth serum, what does he think about this Jeff Saturday thing? I think he thinks it's crazy. He's a good general manager. He was a longtime scout, personnel guy, assistant GM, had multiple offers, and he went to the Colts because they had a franchise quarterback in place. And he's very popular. I'm sure Frank, I'm sure Frank Reich is relieved, and I think Ballard would be relieved as well because Jim Mercy has taken more of a hands-on role than any time uh, since they got there, including benching Carson Wentz. I mean, getting rid of Carson Wentz after a year, benching Matt Ryan so he didn't get injured, so they'd owe him an extra $12 million next year. And I'm not so sure that a veteran coach like Reich, whose job's on the line, would not go to Nick Foles 
instead of guy Erlinger's never thrown a pass. Yeah. So it looks like Ursay's running the show. Now I know Peyton Manning wants to run a franchise. He told me that years ago. And uh he knows Ursay inside and out, but uh would Ursay reach out to him and let it offer him a chance to oversee everything? Would Peyton accept it, knowing how much Ursay has interfered lately? Those are a lot of questions that need to be asked. They're going to be fun to follow because it's just so crazy. And remember, Frank Wright got the job because Josh McDaniels accepted. Yeah. And then he reneged and stayed in New England, supposedly to be the heir apparent to Bill Belichick. And after this season or next, he may be back in New England. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, no, a terrible job. McDaniel's might be the next one to get fired, John. You never know. (laughs) Like it's some of these, some of these teams, John, that are, that are failing miserably this year. It's, it's wild. If the season ended today, the Raiders would have the third pick in the draft. They traded for Devontae Adams in the off season. Like they made a move. I mean, that's, it's not actually not dissimilar to the Texans in the Laramie Tunsil trade. Remember they wound up with the third pick in the draft after going all in on a left tackle. And I believe the Cleveland, um, the pick they got with the defensive back was a lot higher than the Oilers. The Texans thought it would be when they made that trade uh, with Brock Osweiler. Yeah, I can't remember. It's their best corner from Ohio. No, State. Denzel Ward. That was that that Denzel Ward. That was the pick that they traded for Deshaun Watson. That they moved used to move up to get Deshaun Watson. The pick you're talking about that they stapled to Brock's face on the you know, and left him in the on the curb for Cleveland to come pick up was a second-round pick that turned into Nick Chubb. So Okay, well, that one was bad enough, but even the first one, the Texans had no idea it was going to be as as high as it was. Yeah, no, but the Browns had the Texans' first and second-round pick that same season, and they used it for Denzel. They used the first pick on Baker Mayfield. That was their own pick. They used the fourth overall pick, which was the Texans, on Denzel Ward, and then they used the 34th overall pick on Nick Chubb. I mean, that's, wow. how, that's how you turn – a trade into a bonanza and look where the Browns are. <laughs> and, the, and what did the Browns need to do? They needed to actually go get to Sean Watson. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's how crazy it is. That's a, Hey John, one last thing on Frank, Wright. This is from Wale um, from the mailbag. And by the way, if you want to hit us with a, a mailbag question, H O U mailbag at gmail.com um, about Frank Reich. What is the prospect of Reich becoming the Texans next OC? I believe he was credited for the Eagles offense that won the Super Bowl. He did a great job coaching then. They gave Doug Peterson most of the credit, but Reich's the one that coached Nick Bowles. And uh, Reich got a lot of credit when he was quarterback coach in San Diego. And uh, uh, I forgot who was offensive coordinator. He became a head coach of the Titans. And, oh, Wisenhunt. Uh, yeah, Ken Wisenhunt got the credit. So I don't know. I just think this, unless the Texans make a dramatic turnaround, I do not think Pep Hamilton should be back as offensive coordinator because they have just been terrible. They've been inconsistent. 
and they have been awful in the fourth quarter. Do you trust the Texans to replace Pep Hamilton with an OC that would be uh, that would be someone you'd want Bryce Young to be coached by right now, John? I would want, yeah, Nick Casario to get somebody proven, somebody who's done it, the proven developer of quarterbacks and a proven play caller. Could be somebody got hurt, you know, but uh, no, I would have no problem with Nick making that decision. Yeah, well, Reich fits that. That fits that bill, Wale. Uh, so that was a, a good question. Wale has one other question, John. Given how the offense performed in the first half of the Eagles game without Cooks, is it too far-fetched to wonder uh, whether or not Cooks was actually putting it all out there? Maybe that would have given the Texans the mindset to trade him. What did you – I guess just to, to reframe the question, John, what are your thoughts on Cooks's effort of late while he was on the field for the Texans, knowing full well that he wanted to get moved out of here. Well, he wasn't getting open. I don't blame that. He should, you know, he should have been playing better so he could get out of here. And uh, that was ridiculous that Nick Casario was off at, wanted a second round pick. Like Adam Schefter reported, I had not heard that. But if that's what he was offering, and uh, if that's what he was asking for, he knew he wasn't going to get it. And I don't have a problem with Cooks's effort. He's never been the kind of guy who was going to quit. And then he quit on his team after he didn't get traded. I would not make him captain again. And uh, and whatever they're going to get for him before the draft is not what they could have gotten for him before the trade deadline. So they may backfire on Casario. A couple more. This is from Barrett in Webster. Damian Pierce is on pace for over 300 carries. Is this even a responsible usage of what could be one of the Texans' best players moving forward? John, how concerned are you about Damian Pierce's usage right now? I think that they need to be – they need a backup running back who can take some of the carries off of him. Now, he wasn't used much in college, so he didn't come in with a lot of wear and tear on his wheels. So I don't have as much problem with it now, but he's going to start to get beat up. They need somebody if they're going to be a run-first team like Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton are always talking about. If you're going to be a run-first team, you better have a second back who can come in and touch the ball eight to ten times a game. And right now, they do not have that. They do not. John, I'm looking at the the rankings, the rushing leaders in the NFL right now, just based on yards. The Damian Pierce is currently sixth. Um, the Texans just faced the running back who is currently seventh, Miles Sanders, um, last week. But this is the this is the bigger picture. The five running backs ahead of Damian Pierce right now, John. Fifth, Travis Etienne. Texans play him. Fourth, Josh Jacobs. Just played him. Third, Saquon Barkley. Play him this weekend. Second, Nick Chubb. Play him in week 13. First, Derrick Henry. They play him again, and he runs for over 200 yards against them on the regular. So, John, this rushing defense that you and I have been talking about on this podcast and on the radio for the entire season and how bad it is, that's what their dance card looks like right now. Anybody who is somebody who's running the football well in the NFL either just played or is about to play the Houston Texans. They could have the worst run defense in NFL history, certainly the worst in franchise history. And when we talk about all their needs in draft, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, uh, another safety, uh, maybe a linebacker. They better start with their defensive line. We know they need a pass rusher. And if they can't stop the run, they better get two interior guys who can. Because right now, when it comes to the run, that front seven has been terrible.
Last one, John. Chris in Atlanta just uh, wants to know flat out, is it perfectly acceptable for a grown man to weep openly after his team makes the last out of the World Series? Absolutely it is. I think a lot of people did, and there's nothing to be ashamed about. Did you weep, John? Did you cry? No, I was too busy working to cry. <laughs> have you Have you ever cried at a sporting event? Uh, no, not even Baylor games. Last time I cried, other than when my parents died, was when uh, – Bonnie and Clyde got killed in 1967, and when Old Yeller had to be put down when I was a child and watched Old Yeller. John, what's it like to walk around with a vacant chasm of a soul that doesn't even shed tears for for years and years and years? What's that like? Uh, It's just not my personality. There you go. All right. Uh, John, what do you got going on these days? I I wrote a column for Gallery Sports yesterday about – Looking ahead, and I rewrote it before we came in to reflect Dusty Baker saying he would be back. And uh, I'll have observations in the morning on sportsradio610.com on the Texans in their next game against the Giants. And I've written so many Astros columns lately, and it's been so much fun writing about a winner. I don't know how I'm going to transition back or transition down to writing columns about the Texans again. John, I just gave you an Astros topic, or I didn't, but uh, who gave that to us? Joey and Katie. Just do one on the do one on the free agents coming up, and do they keep I've them? got all that in my column today that was posted yesterday. Okay, all right. Well, I, you could divide it up into like eight columns and go do one on each free agent, John. <laughs> People want to know what your take on Aledmus Diaz is right now, and I think you can get a good 500 words out of that. I think I could, too. Yep, absolutely. All right, good stuff, John. Uh, we appreciate Figgy Fig for getting this podcast out to you guys. Uh, we'll be dropping another one tomorrow. Uh, we'll be previewing the Giants and the Texans and uh, doing a little for real or fugazi, taking a look around the NFL and all the storylines going on. So with that, we are done. We are out of time for the Hall of Famer, John McClain, who, of course, you can find on SportsRadio610.com and GallerySports.com, and myself, Sean Pendergast. We appreciate all of you tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Utopia Football Podcast. Have a great day, everybody.